File Underwater, like every DuckFeed podcast, is listener-supported. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and check out what we have on offer. If you like this show, please consider supporting your boys. Thanks. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is File Underwater, the show where we try to convince you that R.E.M. is America's greatest rock band. R.E.M. is back, baby. If you thought they could not. you thought they Here they are. Um, yeah, this episode we are talking about uh, Accelerate, released uh, March 31st, 1st, 2008, mm-hmm. um, three years after the last album, so yeah. quite a ways out. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a big deal. This is this is a comeback album. Yes, uh, please call it a comeback. We really, yes. really want you to acknowledge <laughs> that REM um, knows what they did. Yes, you know what you did. They, this is a uh, they put in their time. Yes, you know um, they all admitted it. It's all we need uh, for them to admit that they're wrong. Right. Um, I will say, uh, let's say around the sun never came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this would be considered like super great if around the sun didn't come out. Like, I think this is a good album, not a great album. I think it's all right. Yeah. I feel like this is a better version of Monster. Yes. This I has think it's a everything, of, everything that, yeah. I li- that I liked in Monster without the stuff that just completely fell flat for me. I think that's true, too. I think that in the time, though, between this and Monster, like, you know, Stipe has gotten a, like a, to be a generally weaker lyricist. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that... Uh, you know, and this is this is somebody who doesn't like Monster that much. Yep. So I think this is a better version of Monster as well. But like, mm-hmm. it's this is not. Uh, I think there, there's definitely like a lot of like boomeranging that happened with yeah. the consensus of this with from the band and from the public, where it's just like, God, thank God, you know, they didn't just like somehow follow the trajectory of Around the Sun until eventually <laughs> it's like those slow down Chipmunks covers, you know, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> which would have been the next album. Yep. Um, you know, so it is, it is cool. Like it is, it is uh, cool that they did this and there are some, some good songs on this. Yeah. They, they, but they benefit from the diminished expectations, right? Very much that. Yeah. I guess that's my point. Like very much so. I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, like looking at every REM album, uh, as we've done for the show and mm-hmm. as I've done as a fan, like it's still hard to call this in the top half of REM albums for me. Right. Right. Uh, while still being, you know, that's still REM is a good band. Like it mm-hmm. still means it's a good record, but yeah. like. If it would, if this didn't have the context around it, it would be, be less noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that overall, you know, not to get into like summary and stuff, like it is great to have an album that is fun to listen to again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, like, and just so breezy again, half hour, <laughs> bam, you yeah, know, it's, it's 30, 35 minutes, which I think is only 10 minutes longer than chronic town was. Yeah. 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 Like, um, you know, 11 songs in, in, in 35 minutes and like. Even, you know, even they even talked about it when they talked about this album is like, well, if you don't like something, wait a second, we got another one for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really love that. And they're cool tricks they do with the sequencing. Like um, the songs uh, don't have a long tail as far as like a lot of times in recordings, um, bands will let that last note ring out mm-hmm. and then they, you know, you let the instruments capture everything and uh, it gives a space between songs on the album. Like there's not actually literally a pause. It's if you turn up the volume, 
like there's still an instrument ringing out. Yeah. Um, this album doesn't do that. No. So the songs like literally just start bam, 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 bam. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, there's not intros, there's not moments of silence at the beginning or end. So the whole <laughs> thing is just like paced like blisteringly. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm going to choose a pace, like it can be something can be too fast paced, but I would ra- way rather have something be too fast paced than too slow paced. Yeah. Lean, uh, nine times lean, out of ten. Lean more this direction, please, because I think so. that problem that we talked about at length in the reveal episode of you know uh, take off and landing, you know, of, of yes. ramp up and ramp down, not present here. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's all plateau. Like it's, you just start, you know, you immediately start at the top of the mountain and you end at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And like some of those mountains are not the best mountains. Right. Some of the, you know, and some of them are very good. Like it sounds like I'm down on. It. I'm really not. Yeah. Um, but like it's just you don't fuck around. And no, I no. I like R.E.M. not fucking around you know. uh, for once in quite a while. You know, <laughs> like uh, up is the obvious, like, you know, first in the, the Sleepy series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even, you know, New Adventures, which is has like some rockers on it. Um, also has some some sleepier songs on it. Like this is, you know, and Monster, which is this is probably the closest thing uh, to also has like all those weird like King of Comedy experiments and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, this is the like straightforward R.E.M. rock album. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the and like singularly, like mm-hmm. even, you know, even something like, uh, you know, Chronic Town uh, has Gardening at Night. Yeah, it has you know, stumbled. This, you know, yeah, has yeah, has stumbled. Has like a lot of like you know, forty percent of that album is weird experimental <laughs> stuff. Like this is a rock album, mm-hmm. uh, front to back. Yeah, you know, yeah, and like that <laughs> that one noteness. Like it it is not entirely just like a distorted guitar. They break away from that, but like it's mostly that. Like if <laughs> they did this all the time, if this was all that they were, this that would be a similar problem to what Around the Sun had. You yes. know, which is you know still you know still not a great thing that like uh, better it would still be better right like i would still rather listen to that because it would be breezier yeah, and like catchier more fun more fun to listen to right more but fun like, you know we, we we talk about that variety being a strength of rem like this is them consciously you know like bringing the dial all the way back into into the uh other direction to where they would be able to soften it up for the next one you know yeah yep yep which uh it's interesting to have this be i feel like a uh, a counterpoint to monster and the next record, which I feel like the greatest counterpoint is to new adventures. Uh-huh. Um, and like have these, this pairing at the end mm-hmm. where they end with something that is, you know, what I've considered with new adventures, like a really good, like wide variety REM album. Yeah. You know, like them trying to do that again. Like I don't think the next night record is as good as, as new adventures, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool to see them go back to their, their strengths yeah. slowly. And this is a, an important step to getting there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and again, I I didn't uh, like I said this last episode, but these last three albums I didn't listen to a whole lot. Right. Um, so having this excuse to do so has been really great. It has been. Yeah. So, uh, so let's yeah. talk about how this happened. Yes. About about how they managed to pull up from their nosedive, right? Yeah. Um, and the book that we read, you know, Perfect Circle, um, makes a little bit about um, you know, more exposure to Bill Barry possibly being something that reminded them that hey, it might be fun to do rock again. Yeah. Yeah, um, this kind of started with um, their guitar tech, uh, Duet Burton, which has a great name, <laughs> um, getting married and R.E.M. reuniting to play at his wedding, um, which like and he's just a guitar tech. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that dude comes on and tunes and restrings shit. Like, yeah, that's all. What, what a bunch of sweet guys yeah. like do that for a guitar tech. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, like October 2005, like kind of hot on the heels after this uh, this tour, you know, Bill Berry coming out playing seven IRS era songs. You know, yeah. like in, in the songs from that era end up being what inspires this album. Right. Yeah. You know, explicitly we get actual proof of that later on. Um, he would also, um, 
you know, join them for what was supposed to be like uh, an event where Athens artists covered REM songs. Yeah. Um, but then like, hey, here's this unannounced original lineup REM set. And yeah. people people found out about it because they saw REM's um, instruments in the restroom. Like, what, yeah, is, like what is this? Equipment. What's this Rickenbacker 330 doing in here? Yeah, <laughs> doing in this toilet. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we get this out. So you know, pretty crazy. Like you know, if you, you know, imagine like living in Athens at this time, like this, you know, exploding your brain. Yeah, you know, like I would have been, you know, super super psyched. Like not only to see him join the band again, but just like, oh, like I get an original lineup set in the middle of nowhere where I was just going to watch some like, you know, some people <laughs> do some covers, which would also be a fun show. Like I would go to that show if they scheduled it tomorrow in Portland. Like, yeah, I go watch a bunch of bands cover REM. Like that would be very mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he, they also, they, uh, they got inducted into the Georgia music hall of fame. Um, and he played with them there, mm-hmm. um, during that. And they opened, you know, it was this like smaller event. Like it wasn't like the rock and roll hall of fame. No, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but the, uh, it was a smaller event. And uh, they they just like played a loud rock band. They began with uh, "Begin the Begin," and they even like, "Hey, this is gonna be loud." You know, <laughs> like they, they they were so sick of around the sun bullshit. Yep. They knew that they had fucked up, and <laughs> are just like, "Let's be a rock band again." Yeah, you know. <laughs> so great. So let's do it. Awesome. Um, but let's take a break from doing that to record this ultra sleepy cover of John Lennon's Number Nine Dream uh, for Amnesty yeah. International, which is the final um, track that Bill Berry played drums on with REM. Yeah. And it's it's not great. Nope. <laughs> like it's it's not a great John Lennon song. And it's not a great cover. Uh, but it is weird to have a recording with Bill Berry on yeah. uh, this late in the game. Yeah. In uh, like 2007 or something like that. Yeah. Um, which was also the year where Barry did his final performance. So we had this long spate with them um, that concluded with him joining them on stage when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, which which was a, a big you know a big deal for these guys obviously and like yeah. rock and roll hall of fame is a weird thing like I've watched inductions and stuff to that and like it's never a good show it's never a good show and I am very skeptical and grossed out by anything that's like tributes to itself yep same thing with like the Oscars like I think the Oscars is one of the most embarrassing mm-hmm. things that we somehow allow on TV <laughs> you know like here's the montage of the glory of old Hollywood you know and it's just like <laughs> remember this genteel fiction like it it's real gross. Mm-hmm. And then the rock and roll hall of fame, like they did this like big all-star show. They had a bunch of people on stage uh, with them when they played. And it's like, including Sammy Hagar. Cause it's not necessarily about quality. It's just about like notoriety. Yeah. No, like no, no notability. Like, and it's weird because REM got in the first year that they, the, that they were able to, it was uh, what 25 years after murmur came out as other murmur chronic down, which made them eligible. So they petitioned once they get in, um, and it happened the same year, uh, that, uh, uh, Patty Smith got in. Yeah. Um, which they, they were upset about, you know, and Patty Smith should have been, you know, earlier. Yeah. Well, before, obviously, as opposed to being, you know, being inducted with a band that like notably cites her as an influence. Like Patty Smith is the reason that, that REM exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we have like, uh, Eddie Vedder get, getting up and ruining a verse of, uh, of man on the moon. Um, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's it pretty, pretty embarrassing. I think like if I was in a band, I could see why you might be into it. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it is, you know, like, let's say there was a podcast equivalent of that, you know, and we've been doing this for 25 years and it's like, go up there and do some of your, Hey, it's the summer come <laughs> <laughs> you boys did it. Like I, 
you know, it would be intolerable. Like it right. would, I would find that very embarrassing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, walking out in front of gigantic blown up pictures of like Ira Glass and <laughs> you know, Adam Carolla, <laughs> like Jesse Thorne. And then just like, you know, the history, the golden age of like just any kind of like wanky self-referential Ouroboros shit like yeah. can miss me. Well, we had enough of that in the final bonfire side chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we don't we do not need uh I do not need to dwell on the past. No. Quite as much as something like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does. Yeah. There was some heartwarming stuff in this too. Like Mike Mills got like genuinely uh, got emotional. Um he referred to Ian Copeland who had just recently passed away as the older brother that he never had. Yeah. Um you know, uh Stipe thanked his boyfriend um like mm-hmm. identifying him publicly for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. people, you know, he, he was out by that point, but you know, a very sweet moment. Um, and I love this, uh, Michael Stipe told, shared this anecdote, who knows if it's true, but he said, uh, his grandmother, um, believed that REM stood for, or should st- stand for remember every moment. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. And then Peter Buck decided to pick up, uh, his amp in the middle of a performance and throw it into the audience. Yeah. He uh, threw at the, uh, the Georgia one, the smaller one, he threw a guitar yeah. at the audience as well. And there was just like people in tuxes, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like. Peter Buck's not unhappy during this, but you wouldn't know that. Right. You know, I think that that's his version of being happy. Like, <laughs> is just like, pretending. Well, yeah, pretending. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, uh, <laughs> like, you know, just doing big rock star dumb shit. You know, like, I'm, I'm a big crazy rock star. This is me being happy because I am REM. Yeah, exactly. I am REM. I'm throwing nonsense into the crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I it is uh, everyone's kind of in in good spirits here because of this, the beginning of this revitalization. Yeah. And so there were like rumors that Bill Barry might be coming back for some kind of, you know, reunion, but that's not his style. Like in the run up to the Rock Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like Bill Barry had was basically an anxious wreck for uh, for seven months. Yeah. Peter Buck said, like it would take a take an act of Congress to get him out of his house for more than two or three days consecutively. I'm like, yep, same. Yeah. (laughs) Like didn't know what to wear, didn't know what to do. Right. Etc. Like just got nervous about it because it was no longer what what he did. Right. So. So not the case. Um, but they still, you know, had more albums to make and they did not want to let around the sun be their final message to the world. You know? Yeah. Um, and so they set out with a very distinct agenda. And this is a word that pops up over and over again as we're talking about it with a goal, with a list of things in mind that they needed to do to set things right. Yes. Yeah. Um, from all angles. Right. You know, and they were very aware of the problem. Like they had, you know, they needed to wash away around the sun. Like Michael Saif said, like, you know, if we make another bad record, like this ends, mm-hmm. you know, and that that was true in a very like real way, not just like artistically, but commercially as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like around the sun didn't do super great. Or even in their kind of like holdouts and bastions. Right. You know, like we can't just like continue to make bad records. Yeah. Um, Peter, you know, Peter, and oh, good. Or no, go ahead. Oh, Peter Buck being older than like being older than the others saying, guys, I'm too old to spend nine months doing something that I don't want to do, making work I'm not proud of. We should try something different or else you can do it without me. So, like, yeah, you know, this is a band that has had ultimatums before. And in fact, large changes within the within the bands um, are only made on the backs of ultimatums. But like this feels real. Yeah. Like, that, you know, he could have quit. Yeah. You know, and then they would have still been on this contract. It would have been very messy. You know, imagine like what REM would have been where if it's like Mike Mills and, you know, just a, a trio of string fellows, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, you know, it could have been, you, you couldn't do it without Peter Buck, like losing Bill Berry, like it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. He was unquestionably the most disposable member of the band. Mm-hmm. 
but just by degrees, you know, just because yeah. everyone else is literally indispensable right. and he's 1% dispensable, but you couldn't lose Peter Buck and still be the same band. No, um, even close to. So it's like, this is a huge deal. Um, they started working on this stuff during that around the ton- sun tour, which we talked about, like, which mm-hmm. is like a fun tour yeah. uh, for them. Like they're having fun. They're working on these songs for accelerate. What would become accelerate yeah. um, at these soundtrack checks. And part of that was like, Hey, we're, we're crafting a new sound. Ken Stringfellow, we got to get you out of here because we don't want to have a temptation to have these atmospheric keyboards pop in. We don't right. need your third verse wash yeah. <laughs> uh, on every one of these songs. Yeah, you like you you know you no longer have a place in this outfit. And yeah, exit Ken Stringfellow. Like, there's no indication that it was like you know acrimonious or that there mm-hmm. was any real bad blood behind it. It just is framed as a necessity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the lineup became a five piece again. You know, they had the the you know the original band Muck Mill, <laughs> Muck Bills and Stipe, uh, yeah. Muck Mills and Stipe, um, and they kept Scott McAfee on additional guitar, and then Bill Bill Riflin on uh, on drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so they were looking for a new producer. Obviously, you know, we we mentioned that they are changing that up, and you uh, two and Coldplay, <laughs> uh, fucking a, uh, both uh, suggest that they bring in uh, Garrett. Jackknife Lee. Um, I wouldn't bring anybody na- who called themselves Jackknife. Yeah. Uh, yep. Anything. He named himself after a, a uh, Radiohead song. Radiohead song. Yep. Yeah. Th- this to me speaks of a man of low character, but like. <laughs> Feels like a neck tattoo. Yeah. It, <laughs> exit, I will never be hired again. Um, you know, just right across your knuckles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the. Uh, and so they brought him in and he was not like real into REM's most recent albums. Like no. the last thing he did what or listened to was uh, uh automatic for the people mm-hmm. and didn't like it so yeah. it's not even just like oh i don't like around the sun like he's just like out for the second half of their career yeah um you know and he was a ama- you know he listened to their most recent stuff and was like i don't want to fucking work with these guys <laughs> like this sucks <laughs> yeah like, um he, he did what we would have done like he listened to it in the car like on, on yeah. the way to the meeting to talk with them yeah like going uh you know doing this like dinner uh where it was him the members of rem Tom York, yep. Yeah, Burst Downs, <laughs> Tom York, uh, just kind of staring at him and trying to convince him, like, no, REM is good. Yeah. And essentially, they they convinced him with their personality, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, just like, hey, no, we are still fun. Um, they went up on stage and did some uh, live stuff at a Robin Hitchcock mm-hmm. show that night. I believe it was Robin, Robin Hitchcock. Um, and he was like, saw them live. And was like, no, they, there's something here that has some energy. Like, this is kind of worth it. Yeah. Uh, to do it but he had a lot of rules that actually made like a, a really uh, a big difference in kind of how things went like yeah. he's very analytical about what went wrong with around the sun yeah he, he was he was shocked that they even finished it yeah um you know it, it, the, the the way that lee is characterized i'm not going to call him jackknife because nope the way that lee is characterized at least in our book is like the like like the wolf he's like the fixer mm. who's brought in to you know, to, to, to clean up Marvin's brains off of the back, the, like the back seat. Um, and these rules that he has, like it's very confrontational, the relationship that he has with the band in order to get them to do what he needs them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're they definitely um, at odds. And like the weird thing too, um, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, like the book, you know, I talked about looking forward to reading the around the, the sun chapter. Cause I wanted insight as to what went wrong. Uh, the songs are never addressed. You know, like the songs are just like there's like, oh, they're good songs they are just badly produced. They're, you know, they're good songs, but the production schedule is bad, yeah. but they're not good songs. So no. something something happened here. I don't think it was that uh, it's entirely Jackknife, you know, that did this. Like he gets a lot of credit for making this better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is just R.E.M. trying to write different kinds of songs, too. Yeah. They, like they, they decided to re-engage. 
Yeah. And that, that made a big difference. Yeah. Like what, what happens if we write some stupid shit mm-hmm. and like that made a really, really huge difference. So like Jackknife gets a lot of credit. We're going to talk about the cool things like he kind of did mm-hmm. to trick them into to <laughs> recording a better album. Right. But you know, it is almost entirely on the back of just like songs that are a deg- you know, a degree in order of magnitude better yeah. than the songs on, on around the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they laid down the initial instrumentals uh, at the armory in Vancouver, which is, you know, the, the band wanted to go back to Vancouver. They had recorded there before Lee very much didn't want them in a studio. They were familiar with because I think in his words, like he was already on his back foot, um, yeah. you know, with this established band, he didn't want to like fight them on their home turf. Yeah. Yeah. They need, he needed to uh, put them in an unfamiliar space to kind of make them, you know, a little bit off their, off their game, a little bit uneasy, mm-hmm. which is good because like, you know, feeling too safe and too kind of uh, like stolid is, is what happened yeah. out of the band. One of the things I really like that he, he did is that like, Hey, you guys are multi-drillionaires, you know, you can, uh, uh, you have enough money to spend as much time as we need. Like we're going to do it quick, but what we're going to do is we're going to set everything up get the sound for every instrument we want, record the song and then take everything down at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> um, and then work it back up. Whereas, uh, usually in a band, you're trying to stay in the studio as little much, you know, as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you get everything set up. You try to bang out as many songs as possible. Right. You know? Um, but the idea here was like every song's going to sound a little bit different. It's weird because I don't think that comes through. Nope. Like I think some of these songs sound pretty the same, right. but like mentally, Mm-hmm. You know, I can see that how that'd be useful. And it also stopped them from doing bullshit of like going out to dinner and going back and fucking with things. Yeah. Which they also made a rule like nobody does that. Um, <laughs> Snipe can go sing at night because he likes to sing at night because he's a weirdo. But after at the day when the day is done, the day is done. Like we do not uh, uh, go and, and tinker. Yeah. You know, so yeah. once, once things are taken down, things are taken down. We are going to focus on one song at a time. It's a little bit yep. like, you know, if you work at home chain, you know, don't just work in your pajamas all day. You know, yeah. to change into something that will uh, that that will mess with your uh, you know your state of being, right? Yes. So yeah. that is a very good idea, and I think that it uh, it benefited them. Uh, they did overdubs at the Grouse Lodge in Ireland, which was you know kind of isolated, um, and Lee was worried that they would just fuck off and go to go to Dublin. But by this point, they were their head was in the game enough that they they didn't really do that. You know, mm-hmm. like instead they just installed the Guinness tap in the studio and, you know, yeah. stuck around. Yeah. Like hung around, drink beers, just went back. And, and to me, like in a working, like if I was making an album, that sounds like heaven. Yep. Like that's all I want is like go to work, like drink some beers, work, and then just go home to a hotel room and like unwind. Yep. You know, as opposed <laughs> to like going fucking around at a bar. Like, yeah, that sounds like a recipe for getting something done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, they also took breaks during this time too. Like they're out on the countryside. So they like drove tanks and fired guns. Yep. Um, which <laughs> is, I would, I would, man, I would, uh, what I I want a signed picture of Mike Mills on a tank. Yep. <laughs> like, can you imagine like being on the shores of Normandy or whatever? And like Mike Mills pulls up and then like his, his beautiful head pops out of the top of a tank and just like smiles at you. And then it's <laughs> like, I, I surrender, buddy. <laughs> Get his, uh, you can have this country. Like <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. I've bent the knee. Uh. Um, so this, uh, there's an interesting thing here because, um, Burtis down said like, Hey, you know, you're in this location. Um, we're trying to make something that sounds kind of live. Mm-hmm. You should try these songs live. Yeah. Um, weirdly, Wikipedia gives this credit for this to Mike Mills uh, for oh, this weird. idea. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Like I found that today. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said like, hey, do some this like this thing like live rehearsal. So they rented out the Olympia Theater in uh, Dublin um, for five days. And every show they did all of the songs that they had from Accelerate, mm-hmm. um, but also did a bunch of like old stuff, like almost exclusively from Chronic Town and Reckoning. Right. 
uh, which like be still my heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is so good. This album is so good. Cool. Yeah. It's a really cool live album called uh, live at the Olympia, uh, which like, you know, the accelerate songs are not my favorite songs, but they are. It's interesting to hear a band trying them, uh-huh. you know, and they're obviously having tons of fun uh-huh. and the live versions of like, you know, they, it's like song. It feels like songs they never played. They haven't played live in like 25 years. Yeah. Like a million, you know, like <laughs> what's million going on? You know, this is going on. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. Like even on the on the on the new stuff, you have like um, kind of like stage patter almost between yeah. between them. Like they have false starts as they're going like, hey, this is not a show. This is a rehearsal. This is what you signed up for. Like it is very fun. You know, I, I would have I would have killed to see that like that would that would this would have been uh, in like the top like five tours or live experiences of R.E.M. that I would love to have seen. Yeah, because it's just like it feels very intimate, like even though it's at this huge theater, it's not very inf- intimate. But just like I love the idea of a band doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, like this is not like a professional set. Like we're going to fuck around and see if we can figure out these songs. We just want to hear what they sound like in the setting because we're writing songs for this setting. Yeah. Um, Super cool. At one point, Michael Stipe jokes about having to look up his old lyrics on the internet. Yeah. And saying like he didn't recognize them at all. Well, probably because like, you know what you did, They weren't right. right. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I love it. Super sweet. Uh, they end um, you know, dedicated to Burtis Downs uh, with uh, Gardening at Night because uh, Burtis yeah. Downs like that song, likes that song a lot. Yeah. Very sweet. Actually finished up. Yeah, they, they went to uh, the, the Steny Stovall Chapel, which is the place where they did uh, Athens Inside Out, the live version of uh, All, you, All You Have to Do is Dream and uh, Swan Swan Hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished there, you know, kind of retrofitted it to be a studio because they yeah. wanted to end in Athens. Yeah, that's the thing that Lee kind of valued was working in spaces that were not actually studios. He thought studios were too comfortable. Yeah. You know, so like he was looking for like houses or warehouses, uh, garages, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was why they ended up doing that. If they had to be in Athens, he did, again, he didn't want them on familiar ground where they could fall into old patterns. Yeah. Um, they looked at like renting a house, et cetera, et cetera. But they ended up going with this, this old chapel, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and most of the songs were knocked out in a handful of takes. Like they, mm-hmm. they ended up kind of back in that comfortable productivity that we talked about so much in, you know, the early episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, they finally did their final mixing at the hospital in London. Uh, which is another thing. And there are two other songs I could not find. Um, they're completed to slower songs. Uh, they'll probably show up on the accelerate 25th anniversary edition or the, whatever. Um, the, the, there are live versions on the, um, live yeah. The Olympia. Yep. Yeah. But there are studio versions out there. Oh, wow. you know, which is, which is neat. Like, or I mean, they, they recorded them, they finished them, yeah. you know, it's just, and they, they wanted to get them on, uh, Buck was like really, really into putting them on the album, mm-hmm. uh, but they were slower, uh, staring down the barrel of the middle distance and on the fly. Yeah. Um, they jettisoned both those, uh, yeah. despite, uh, Buck's Buck, you know, they kind of, uh, Lee and Buck fought yeah. over it, uh, so. which was a good idea. Like it was kind of the converse of what they did by leaving a bunch of stuff off of around the sun for this. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, this doesn't like the, there's a weird album where like it definitely lacks texture, but I don't think texture would help it. No. Like, I think this is, is weird. Like this is the album it needs to be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in every, you know, every way. Yeah. So it, it's like, even if it's not my favorite R.E.M. album, like this is what it should be. Yeah. Uh, they toured for this. Um, not as expansively as um, uh, as they did for Around the Sun. Like the stage show wasn't as kind of like lush, but they mm-hmm. but they went around. Um, they appeared at South by Southwest. Um, they also were on the Colbert Report. Um, I couldn't find that video. Uh, I would like to. Yeah, I, I also couldn't find it. Yeah. But they were real into it because they, you know, 
that was him at the height of his powers, and yeah. they're obviously politically uh, with him. Politically engaged, yeah. Um, and I'm kind of bummed out because I totally could have seen them on this tour um, if I was not like in college or something like that and didn't have any money. Um, their opening acts were The National and Modest Mouse. Uh, Beast yeah. of My Heart. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty neat. <laughs> that is a that is a coal ass tour. Um, yeah, I would have I would have enjoyed this as well. Um, but like I was like probably like a lot of people like I just kind of thought REM was over. Yeah. Um, you know, and this, that was the year I moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, you know I was just like was kind of done with them like yeah. after Around the Sun and and you know I fell off like at Reveal mm-hmm. and I was just like I don't you know I'm okay not seeing REM it's gonna be really expensive and yeah I didn't really realize the dichotomy between their album work and their live stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would have been an astounding show and I didn't really put that together. Yeah. So, so bummer. You had, uh, uh, Peter Buck and Johnny Marr, um, playing cause Marr was with, uh, was, was with Mod- Mod- Modest Mouse at the time. Uh, they were touring in support of a, of a really good album too. Shit. You know, I actually, yeah. I actually saw Modest Mouse in, uh, the summer of 2008. I wonder if they yeah. were just like breaking off of the REM tour to go hit smaller places. Hmm. Yeah. Between yeah, between between tours, yeah. I would I if I had to choose, I would see them with the national. Like the modest mouse has never the modest mouse, uh, <laughs> modest mouse has never like super well for me. Yeah, um, you know for no good reason. Like it, it's very it seems like a very right in my alley. I just don't like Isaac. What's his head? Isaac Brock's voice very much. Yeah, um, I like the national quite a bit though. Yeah, um, and would have would have really enjoyed that. And again, national in two thousand eight. Oh like, Jesus, you know, like give me a break. Hills. Like yeah, yeah, like that. Like you know, of the the you know. Of one of the the two really good national albums, <laughs> yeah, either Alligator no. or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it uh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So they uh, when they were playing this this material on this tour, they brought old material that felt like it would fit in on the new album, um, including somehow Ignoreland, which shows me <laughs> that they don't understand how bad that song is. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it because so much of the stuff on Accelerate well, is, is political. Yeah, yeah, it's like baby's first political stuff, but like <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, so they played Ignoreland live for the first time um yeah so um, i would I, I would not have known what to make of that <laughs> yeah just like okay yeah you know. that's a, sure right. is a song isn't it yeah. um uh on the international leg of the tour in finland uh peter buck's guitar was stolen like this yeah. relic you know the 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 rickenbacker 330 um yep and then it was returned anonymously anonymously a few days later um i would have freaked out I mean, that's terrible mm-hmm. yeah somebody returning is real weird too like that arc yeah. You know, like, like wanting it enough to steal it or, you know, having the mind to steal it, but then also having the presence of mind, you know, me totally twisted, stealing all of Peter Buck's swords <laughs> me the next day with a room full of Peter Buck's swords. Um, <laughs> like, it is like, you know, getting, getting that mindset's very strange to me. Um, yeah. Uh, they did, uh, during a show in Santiago, Chile, uh, Burtis Downs came on stage with his laptop because uh, yeah. he had just found out that Barack Obama uh, became the president. Mm-hmm. I remember 2008 when, uh, everyone was well invested in that. Uh, cue a thousand angry leftist tweets about drone strikes from Obama. <laughs> but like, it was a different time where like that was a big deal. Yeah, you know, regardless of whether it was a fiction, culturally it was a big deal. Yeah, you know, so yeah, man, I have I have no patience. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> here it comes so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have really no patience for it. It's just going to happen. So, Ugh. um. But yeah, that was at the time that was a big deal. Yeah. You know, they they obviously they had backed Obama and uh and, and even even for people who, you know, super angry leftists, like that was before Obama had a chance to like to to show what he yeah, yeah. Yeah, like to let let anyone down. Right. You know, so it, it was uh, genuinely very exciting. It is hard to think of like to remember what kind of like positive cultural feeling 
all of that was. It's not hard. Uh, and, I, and, I still and remember immensely where I depressing. Was. Yeah, it's like immensely depressing to think about where we are now versus that. Yeah. So. Ugh. So yeah, um, this was the band's final tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't necessarily planned to be such, but that's what happened. Yeah. Um. Um, so they put together a bunch of like, there's some web 2.0 bullshit <laughs> with this where it's like, you know, some, some websites to promote it where it's like every day a, a 20 second clip of a song is released for 99 days and like 99 days. Like, going <laughs> like, to get a lose interest on that pretty quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, um, they put out like uh, like video clips and told people like, Hey, make your own video out of this. Mark, Marky it's, Mark is extremely like 2008. Yeah. This whole yeah. thing. It's just, it's, um, it's weird to read a URL in a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, keep, I, I, I'm reading on an ebook so I can click on it and it'll actually go to it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the future is now. It's my, my hollow reader, my, my data, <laughs> my data deck. Um, so entered uh, the charts number one in the UK, Ireland, uh, Denmark, Canada, Switzerland, and Norla- Norway, uh, Switzerland and Norway are no surprise. That's always like REM, you know, hold fast, but like, you know, UK, Ireland, Denmark, it's a pretty big deal for after around the sun and even hit number two in America, which is like, you know, America Remarkable. does not forgive and does not forget, right. uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and it was critically well received. You know, the, mm-hmm. the most negative things that people said about it were just that REM had covered this ground before. And that was kind of split between like, hey, this is them and like, you know, trying to recapture like life's worth's pageant. Um, you know, and the, the more critical side of that was like, yeah, they're out of ideas. So they're just going back to what worked. Right, 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 right. So, so it is very much like burning out an infection. Yeah. Like this album, you know, and, uh, it, a lot of the reviews do point that out and they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, REM were thrilled yeah. about it. Like they could not be more excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, reading like their kind of reactions and how happy they are and how excited they are to be doing music. They're excited about again. <laughs> it's good to see that line up with the product again. Yeah. I think yeah. for the first time since up. You know, yeah. like even up was kind of a qualification, you know, on that. Um, but yeah, like like they're they're right. This is something worth taking note of. It's not their best yeah. work, but they didn't have to come out and say it was their best work. Yeah, it's just you know awake. Yeah, um, and that was my experience. Like when I heard it for the like heard um, Supernatural Super Serious for the first time, uh, I have a very distinct memory of that of being. Um, I worked at the, uh, it was when I still worked for the copier service right before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and calling my assistant up who is like an old REM fan, but had fallen off even more than, than I did. Um, and just being like, Hey, like check this out, mm-hmm. you know, like this sounds awake, you know, and I actually really like that song. Like, I think that's a good song. Yeah. Um, but it was just amazing to have REM put out something that sounds, you know, like they're not sleeping through it. Yeah. Um, it was a big deal. And REM was very excited about that as well. Mm-hmm. As well, they should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, REM around town, not a lot of details about this. However, during this time, Murmur turned 25. So this begins the steady strip of deluxe re-releases um, yes. that we, you know, have been ta- that we talked about up through to uh, out of time. Yeah. And we'll continue in, in real life just after the show is over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so let's go through the, uh, the record. Let's do it. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Accelerate. So, uh, opens up with a real, um, you know, kind of salvo. Yeah, uh, a song called uh, "Living Well" is the best revenge. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a banger. Yeah, and not not a British sausage, but like a club banger. Like it's really, uh, really fast. Um, just salvo is a good word for it. Like it's a fuck you song. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, which you know makes sense, right? Like this is a good opening song given what uh, what it come before. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, this the the phrase like "living well is the best revenge" is like a good articulation of what they are going to do uh, to kind of like get back or to kind of like answer you know, the nonsense that they had done, but also how they were treating because treated because of that nonsense. Right, right. Like let's show with our deeds rather than our words. Like, you know, that that's not us and, mm-hmm. you know, answer our critics that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has like a little bit of a, uh, um, like th- there's a little bit of a petty angle to this. Like, um, Michael Stipe wrote this, um, and kind of conceptualized it, um, after somebody that he really admired, like took a shit on him for not literally, but like, you know, said something really unkind about him in uh, uh, relation to their previous two albums. Like, mm. OK, well, guess what? Look, look what I can still do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit direct, you know, it, like it, I, I like how angry this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not super sophisticated, no. like lyrically, but I think this is a, I think this is a good song. Um, I like the melody of this song. Yeah. Um, you know, good, good opening. Um, the third single is the second track, uh, which is man sized wreath. Um, this was something that was, uh, also written for around the sun in that time. Um, and this is, uh, I find these lyrics very embarrassing and direct. Yeah. Um, I can't, I cannot handle nature abhors a vacuum, but what's between your ears. (laughs) I think that's one of the worst lines he's ever written. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and it's not great. Like he's talking about George W. Bush here. Like, this uh, yeah, is... of course, yes, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's very much, you know, again, uh, like very basic political stuff. Yeah. Um, not, a. it's, and like, it's, it's a little bit softer than, uh, than living well is the best revenge, but it's covering mm-hmm. a lot of the same ground, like conceptually, because yeah. there's also that political angle to living well, like that was, you know, kind of about uh, nominally uh, you know, about Bill O'Reilly and just kind of the punditry culture kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I feel like they're too similar to each other. I think um, so too. You know, and th- that's a problem with the album, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's a little bit, it's a, it's not dynamic quite enough. Mm-hmm. There are some songs that stand out, but not tons. Yeah. Um, um what's, uh, what's kind of great about this. So at the end of the chorus is I like, I like his delivery in that. Give me some. Yeah. Um, and holy shit for the first time in like forever, there is apparent harmony with Mike Mills. Yeah. Mike I Mills is back. I haven't heard Mike Mills like harmonizing with Michael Stipe in like three albums. Yeah. Well, like, and, it and stopped it hits, with up. it's fantastic in the next song too. Like yeah. the next song is just like amazing use of it. It's a really, really good harmony line. Like he's back though. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, this also has like, I mean, even that chorus, like the end of it, that give me some is really good that kick it out on the dance floor. Like you just don't care part. Like mm-hmm. that's a little bit much too. Like I think <laughs> this is a weird album where it's like lyrically is where this like fails me. <laughs> Uh, almost, you know, it, it's, it's, the songs are a little samey, but I do think this is some of like his worst work, yeah. uh, in a lot of these things. So it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but this is again, though, it's like, I don't turn this off when I hear it. Like, this is still like a decent song. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's fine. Um, I think that the record, like, I think supernatural, super serious, uh, the third, the first single, third song, yeah. um, is probably, uh, you know, the first thing so far that is like. Sounds kind of classic R.E.M.E. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also has kind of a more sophisticated structure to it. Yes. Uh, um, I, I didn't make a note of the videos for these, um, mm-hmm. but we should probably mention. I'm sorry to, to, to back us up, but um, okay. the video for uh, Man Says Wreath is actually really good. Um, Remind me what happens to that. That is the um, it has the all of the digital CGI effects. It's like the sensory overload kind of feel. 
begins oh, okay. with the dude walking and like leaving behind. It's it's like oh a, yeah, yeah 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 the the, the world is uh, taken over by pixels. Yeah, that is really cool. All the videos here, again, they're really getting in on that web web 2.0 shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Like, these all seem like interactive CD-ROM videos to me. Yeah, yeah. There's um like a like little cuts to an Atari game, like close-ups of LCD screen kind of stuff. It's good. Yeah, it is cool. This is super cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Supernatural Super Series, it does have a, sophi- a sophistication to it that is mostly absent from a lot of the other songs. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of it is in that uh, that backing vocal and the interplay between those two things. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and it's it's very catchy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the lyrics are a little bit, again, a little too direct. Like, it's very teen, teen angsty. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, like everybody here, you know, comes from, so, like, this, this, you know, the, it is not a bad thing to write a song about um, our shared awkwardness of youth. Right, right. You know, it just, it just straight up says it. But melodically, like, it really works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and there's, there's a weird, yeah, it's super pretty. Like the weird, the like how you cry and you cry, like the kind of re- repetition of the chorus, mm-hmm. like really works for me. Like I, yeah. I previously said, I wanted to take the word "cry" away from Michael Stipe, but like, <laughs> like it actually like kind of works for me. Like it, the, with, at the second, the end of the chorus, where it's just like you cried and you cried and you cried and you cried, and then the backing vocals, have oh, you cried? And, and it's just mm-hmm. over and over and over. Like, you know, those three words. It's like, yeah, that is like a pretty kind of elegant expression of like the purity of how shitty that time is. Yeah, you know. Um, so it ends up really, really working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of, a, uh, there's a part where he says, uh, the premise buckles and the rope ropes start to chafe. <laughs> um, the idea of the premise buckling is very good to me. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Pretty good. Oh. Um, I love the, um, the, the, the break, um, right before oh, yeah. they repri- reprise, uh, everybody comes from somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Cut, cut away. And then just the chords before it builds back up again. Oh yeah. It's like yeah a little bit Boston in that way. It sounds like um, there's a Pixie song called UMass mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit like yeah, um, in general, but like really catchy, like good song. You know, I, I've, I previously I, I still mean it when I say that like Day Sleeper is probably the last like A plus R.E.M. song. Mm-hmm. But this is like an A minus. This is a good song, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, it, very proud of my boys putting out a good single. Good, uh, good choice for a lead single, too. Absolutely. Um, just because it does have that kind of like softer, sensitive side of this that wouldn't have been as apparent. Mm-hmm. Um. The video for this, uh, not as uh, fun as the uh, as the Man Size Wreath one, but still good. Uh, it's the band performing, um, and everything kind of has this digital video compression over it. Um, and they cut away to like kind of like kinetic text treatments of the lyrics as they're being typed out, like on the three D screen kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fine. Everything's kind of in this monochrome. Yeah, so. not su- not super great video, but very cool. Uh, very cool song. Yeah. Um, again, just the backing vocals, like the really huge soaring, you know, Mike Mills mm-hmm. backing vocals is just like, God, I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ah, like, just like get up there, man. Yeah. Like it is extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollow Man was the, uh, was the second single, uh, notable mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon movie. Um, yeah. real gross. No, uh, Hollow Man. I like this song plenty. Um, yeah, this is good. It, it opens up, um, it actually might be my favorite on the album. Mm. Um, yeah. Hey, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. No, I just, I really enjoy it. Uh, because again, we get a little bit of that dynamism. Like it's not all distorted guitar. It opens with this quiet and soft piano, um, before it, you know, kind of picks up a little bit. Um, and it has this very like soft and soulful kind of, kind of verse. It moves, mm-hmm. um, it moves. And I think that the subject matter of the song is it's a, it's a little bit supernatural, super serious in terms of being kind of straightforward, but this feels a little bit like they're 
version of the idea of like the Beatles nowhere man or something like that. Just kind of like, yeah, I, I'm shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. This is them in kind of, like, kind of exploring insecurity in a way that they haven't in a while, you know, in their break to do kind of more direct kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love that. Like, you know, saying things you don't mean and don't believe, mm-hmm. you know, as like a, as a marker for, kind of a failure yeah i took the prize last night for complicatedness yeah Uh, that is a good line (laughs) yeah this this is a good song yeah i think that's a good one um come with the fourth track this is houston um originally this was just a very short song uh 90 seconds and the song is two minutes and 15 seconds now so very (laughs) short yeah um there is a uh Stipe said, uh, you know, Buck, like, hey, let's do short songs. I've heard about the South American musician who wrote one minute long songs, mm-hmm. um, which is something I appreciate. Like, I've written a bunch of one minute long songs. Like, I, I love one minute, one minute long songs. Yeah. Um, the uh, I think by volume, most of the songs I've written are between a minute and like a minute and a half mm-hmm. um, between Mario Paint and like a couple like concept record things I've done. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm way into that. Um, they didn't quite get down to a minute, but, you know, ends up being two minutes. Um, and this is a song about, uh, hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Specifically um, all of the people who were displaced by hurricane Katrina and had to go live in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is kind of cool. The neat thing is the organ mm-hmm. uh, that comes through that is almost more of a percussive element than an instrumental element. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the organ combined with the bass makes this a very foreboding kind of like a, it's like a big doom drum kind of thing. The um the book the writing about this song in the book is uh some amazingly bad writing because it <laughs> it's it's just quotes but it's just like we just took this gnarly fuzzy brutal Far, like Farfisa, Farfisa yeah. with this like tons of fuzz and gnar on it and then we took a gnarly fuzzy bass with lots of fuzz <laughs> and but also it was gnarly and like they just used the same words like hey, too man, many times you, to describe distortion you didn't need to use that quote man <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's a very weird choice you know yeah. Um, so it's, uh, but it, this is, you know, it's kind of a cool song. It's over before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not, uh, you know, such a matter like, I don't know. Um, I'm not like crazy into the lyrics of this. It's, um, you know, it gets down into like a, like, like a very concrete story, which is not a place I generally enjoy REM being right. Yeah. And the chorus just like name checking towns in Texas, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard Galveston's I okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, just the just the, the stipe as world traveler thing is not always my favorite, right? Um, but it's like it's good and it's it's over really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's fine. Yep. And I like that uh, the Swan Swan Hummingbird guitar, like uh, like that mm-hmm. that acoustic, like like leaving some of the uh, the gnarliness uh, to the stuff that is usually softer, and having the uh, the acoustic guitar uh, be the backbone is a is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the titular track, uh, for track six, accelerate, mm-hmm. accelerate, um, sounds a lot, a lot like their minor key early stuff, uh, to mm-hmm. me. Um, and it's, it's a little bit like dissonant, right. From the opening of that, uh, that guitar, uh, to just these incredibly tight harmonies that feel like they're walking this very narrow bridge of like, is that technically on key or is it not? Uh, it's a very anxious song. Yeah, absolutely. And 
uh, the course of this, you know, the, the course of this, I think is generally good, mm-hmm. uh, for being kind of abstract, uh, in terms of like just wishing for escape and forms the second in the Michael Sipe cartoon trilogy. <laughs> um, one of the things that I realized, like listening to these albums is like, Oh, that's like one of my, I love that he recognizes that as a, as a trope. Uh-huh. Cause we have, you know, I felt like, I felt like a cartoon brick wall mm-hmm. on up. We've got the where's the cartoon escape hatch and the next album to me uh, reaches the apex with pull me out of that cartoon quicksand. Um, I, I, you know, it's just very, very good. uh, That's a good modifier for something. Uh, I I know exactly what you mean. I studied your cartoon radio, music, TV, movies, magazines. He did. And then eventually started using them. Like it's a real Chekhov's lyric. (laughs) Yeah. Man, that melody in the chorus. Where is the ripcord, the trapdoor and key? Yeah. Pretty good. It's good. Yeah, like Accelerate's a good song. Yeah. Um, moving on to Until the Day is Done. Yeah. Um, uh, I can take or leave uh, the song pretty hard. It's, it's a, yeah, it is a uh, snoozer. Um, again, one of these direct protest kind of songs. Um, it's weird. This came out in like 2000. Let me scroll up here. I always get 2008 mixed up. Came out in 2008. Like we were on the back end of that. Like it's weird how this critic, the scathing criticism of Bush era politics like was released like literally at the 11th hour for that you know and obviously yeah. we haven't come out of that what what they're talking about is you know still relevant you know um a lot of the time it's just a very strange belated kind of approach to this yeah um, yeah um you know it's it's not like it's not as bad as like the worst song around the sun but it also wouldn't have been out of place on around the sun yeah as part of, it could have you been know, made the trilogy of i wanted to be wrong and yeah flawless yeah. or whatever so, it was yeah. yeah so like like i think this is a kind of a bad song yeah um you know not offensively bad but not good very sing-songy too yeah 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 um i don't like mr richards very much either like i actually like looking at it now it's like oh i don't actually like the second side of this very much right i think the first side is actually very good and it makes a pairing with monster in that way where like this would have made a hell of an ep yeah you know, um, yeah, so it's there's only one yeah. more song in this album that I like. Um, but yeah, Mr. Yeah. Richards, um, I don't know what's going on here, uh, despite what the chorus says, which is, yes, we know what's going on. Yeah. Um, lots of rhyming dictionary stuff. Yeah, it feels like in this song, um, you know, and again, it's not like the dumbest thing you they've done, but I just don't think it really justifies itself as a song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I can't get it out of my head that they're talking about Michael Richards. Oh, and just be, like being very belated in criticizing him for his outburst. Yeah, I I thought uh, I assumed it was about Richard Nixon. Yeah, um, was was my assumption. That's the same. So I know that mine was a joke. <laughs> okay, I was just like, oh, like it's, I, I couldn't remember when Michael Richards uh, two thousand six was. Yeah, you know, Richards Folly, as it's been known in the. <laughs> The annals of history. As it has come to be known in the sign field, which is the yes. field of people who are enthusiastic about sign. Some field. kind of cool field. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I think, I think uh, there's, I mean, cause I, I'm, I can read ahead in the notes. So I know what you think of songs before uh, we talk about them. Right. sounds like a superpower, but you wrote it down. It's not, um, but like there's a, so I like, um, so moving on, like, I like, uh, this is the song that you like as well. I think on the second song, uh-huh. second song, uh, which I also like, which is sing for the submarine, uh-huh. uh, which is, interesting like this is neat mm-hmm. uh i don't love it but i think it's cool yeah like it's, it's good it's like a beat yeah it, exactly it doesn't uh rise to the heights that some of the stuff on the first half of the album you know arise to um but yeah they do they do a lot of neat tricks with this and again this feels a little bit like them having fun like there are jokes here 
um, either in the music, which feels like this reprise or redo of Disappear, um, except without the just the soupiness of that. Um, and Michael Stipe is having a field day. This is R.E.M.'s Glass Onion. Like, yeah, a lot of these lines are direct references to other songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like kind of interesting. I and the song is good without I think that the biggest thing with it is I don't I, I don't like the chorus very much. Yeah. Um, and the concept of like, you know, this is like he's talking about all these references to his old songs and says like talks about keeping it in the submarine. Yeah. It's a you know, it's just like. It's a little dumb. Like, I don't, you know, I don't like the idea of a submarine that you steer with melody. Like, it's like a mist. Like, it's like a mist level. (laughs) Yeah. Like a a lesser mist puzzle. Um, You know, it's a it's like something from the real golden game. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the real golden game? The real golden game. <laughs> Our copy of Pissed, Pissed has just been certified gold. Um, <laughs> Before on the sun, huh? The, uh, yeah, amazing. They beat it. Um, but this is this is good. Um, I also, and the next song I like more than you do, hmm. like apparently from notes. Um, but so Sing for the Submarine is good. Like this is on the second side. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably the high point. I think Horse to Water is like hmm. kind of a dumb punk song. Yeah. But I think the the chorus is catchy um and it is over like before you know it it's like so quick yeah um you know this is this is them doing like a two minute angry punk song yeah uh, without you know being being like without like i don't know being dumber Mm -hmm. in a way that i i appreciate like not dumber in a like oh this is about george bush's like bathroom habits and like (laughs) late period iraq war you know complications like right you know yeah, um, it just th- th- this just felt inconsequential to me in a way that mm. made it like not stick out. And like my comment there were like, oh, it's simple, rappy and dumb, um, mm. which is what I said in the notes. Like that is something that I wrote as I was looking at the lyrics. Um, yeah, this doesn't offend me in any kind of way. Um, it's just kind of this brick of sound when the rest of the the rest of the album hasn't really done that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely kind of it is just kind of a, a unit you know, of itself. Like it expresses one idea. Yeah. You know, there's, I think in the lyrics, like there's some dumb shit that happens in it, mm-hmm. but there's also like, I like the idea of like, you can lead a horse to water just to watch him drown. Yeah. Yeah. As that's like good. a thing that's like good. that. That's, that's pretty good. And there's mm-hmm. like a line where he talks about where he says like, I'm a bantam weight with my mouth full of feathers mm-hmm. as a description, you know, description for a soft boy, like a mouthful of feathers, <laughs> you know, like you know, punch me. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, I, I am, I am into that. Yep. Um, as a thing so like mm-hmm. there, there's things to like about the song uh for me it's not again it's not consequential yeah um it is super super simple but it's like it reminds me it's like so fast no so numb or something mm-hmm. where it just kind of like a uh you know moves along and is engaging enough while it's there but doesn't leave an impression yeah 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 it's fine um you, yeah. you know it's not fine yeah this here we go uh <laughs> this michael site fucking loves this song <laughs> Like he talks about like there's there's multiple references in the book and in interviews and stuff I've read where he talks about how happy he is that people were responding to it. It's it's been in his like quiver forever. Like this, I think, predates around the sun as well. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it It is. Uh, this is extremely embarrassing. Oh, my God. From the <laughs> like, opening line from the get. Yeah. Well, and, and the opening line is really like about as bad as it gets, I think. Yeah. You know, like at least like lyrically. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, if death is pretty final, I'm collecting vinyl. Yeah, that it's it's he's so sonic. <laughs> like it is it is the sonicest he's yep. been. And the, you know, he's somebody who's done lightning hopkins. Like yeah, um, lightning fucking hopkins, man. Yeah, yeah. So last episode when I said like Sonic is going to come up, this like is that delivery sounds like our impression of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 extremely because uh, if heaven does exist with a kick and playlist, yeah. Um, um, woof. What are you what are you doing? What what are you doing? Like you saw when Madonna did this, right? You saw how embarrassing that was. It's so funny. It's the closer too, because like REM, like yeah, find the river, uh, falls to climb. Me, you know, me like, and honey, yeah, me on. and honey. Like REM does not. You around the fucking sun. Like yeah. it is, you know, this to do this thing that is uh, this is what like I think that I like um, when we talked about it. Uh, I, oh God, what's why is the name escaping me? The um, real glam rock song from New Adventures, you know, where oh, he kind of sings shit. like Sonic a little bit. Yeah, I um, forget it. Sorry. Me and the glass back. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. 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 This, this is uh, this is the absolute worst extension of that. You know, mm-hmm. so. It is. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see that get so much worse. And just the music fetishism side of this does not work for me at all. Yeah, you know, like just like, oh yes, this is here. Here's how. Here's how great my vinyl is, and we're going to, you know, like if the world is ending, all I want to do is play my tunes. Um, that song is called "The Wake Up Bomb." Just, to stop yeah, yeah. From, I, 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 I pulled it up I, as well. I was going to bring it in, but I was midpoint. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Sorry about that. I just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that part either. Yeah, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very intense. It, you, we first heard it because it's in that um, Perfect Square thing because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's an Around the Sun era song, and even just musically. So it's not just the like the lyrics, which of course are like very, very hard to deal with. But even that, like, you know, I'm going to teach you to the end of the world. Like even the <laughs> we'll delivery, kick their asses. It's exactly that. Like, <laughs> Oh man. Uh, pretty, pretty rough. I think. Um, yeah. um, I don't understand why you, a put this on an album, B end with it. I- yeah. And, and the web logs that got tangled as you willy and you wangle. Oh, God, don't say weblogs. <laughs> web that's for, that's forever. You know you did that, right? <laughs> you did that forever. God, I can start talking about weblogs more. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna log onto my weblog <laughs> at the end of the world. Um, yeah, it is. It is something. Like, it is something. And it's it's you know in the in the grand scheme, like the arena, right? Of like embarrassing REM songs. Like right. this might be it. Yeah. Like, is this, this our radio song? You know, like, I mean, radio song has that has that world is collapsing bit. This doesn't have this does not have that. And this is over sooner. Uh huh. Like, it's quick. Like everything on the album, like it does end pretty fast. But boy, I I just like, hey, 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 is not as embarrassing as I'm collecting vinyl. That's not. Yeah, because death is pretty final. Um, Yeah, it's very, very tough um tough tough to sit through tough to think about yeah um but at a felt 30 minutes like then you know 35 minutes we're done yep you know which is cool like Mm -hmm. it's like even even with a couple of duds like it goes by so quick like this album is a really breezy listen yeah and just like because of how we're doing the show like most people you know they had to wait years before uh between around the sun and this like i finished listening to around the sun and then listen to this so it was literally just like oh shit yeah 
like you music. <laughs> you, yeah. didn't, you didn't have to like marinate in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and, and it was just like such a striking contrast, like this amazing, like whiplash, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, it's real weird to, when you look at the trajectory of the band, like, you know, the same way that, um, around the sun had to happen for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the only conclusion of around the sun. Um, I feel like this had to happen for them to kind of get this out of their system. Yeah. And like, the next album, which I know I keep hyping it up, but like, really, like, good. really love, <laughs> yeah, I love the next record. Like, it's very good. Like, yeah. Is surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, so this could so. be read as an overcorrection, right? Like it's uh, you know, if you, if you're drifting off to sleep and you go off the road, you know, like, Oh God, I'm in the ditch. What's going to happen. You swing the wheel, you know, just because you're panicking and then you, you know, launch up and uh, you know, hit, you don't end up back in your lane. You dip over into the other lane and a car's coming along. I think if they stayed in that, in this lane for any longer than they did that, you know, like the, the truck would have hit. Head on collision, yeah. you know, everybody's dead. It would hit um, a high speed train. <laughs> um, right? You know, so yeah. around the sun's the ditch, uh, accelerates the car like they had to overcorrect to get back onto the road. And in the next album, they find their lane and then yeah. get, get off the highway. Yeah. And then they met, they met their stop. Right. They end up at the truck stop and, and party with Andy Kaufman and rock and roll heaven. Um, <laughs> so it's like I, I get the function of this and there are songs from this I will listen to again. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's still it's still good. It's just kind of like, you know, it's again, it's hard for me to call it, say it's like at the top half of REM albums. Like mm-hmm. it's a good record. Yeah, it's, it's not middle, a great middle third. Let's say let's yeah. say middle third. Middle third is a real good way, good way to put it. Yeah. Um, what do we got for for first is and worst is? Uh, so for me, the first man, this is hard because the one that I like, I like listening to the most is uh, Living Well's The Best Revenge. Um, mm-hmm. But I think my favorite song, what is actually. Um, I think works for me on more levels than that than just fun to listen to is uh, uh, Hollow Man. I think Hollow Man mm. is uh, an exceptionally good song. So I'm going to say that. Yeah, that is that is a good song. They're good choices. I'm just so I don't knock, uh, take yours. I'll say Supernatural, super serious mm-hmm. as mine, which like again doesn't feel like a next level single that has to be discounted. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still like we're still operating on the the you know the post. Uh, <laughs> I guess like what is like Man on the Moon? I think yeah. was the last album where that. Oh, I mean Day Sleeper was also got the exception. Yeah. An Imitation of Life, but like the past, like there's oh this is undeniably like an all time classic in terms of music. Yeah. It's not that. Right. Um. You know, so I think I would I would give it to that, but I like both those other songs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um. As well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And then worse, like I mean, it's very hard to argue. Let's uh, we have to disqualify I'm gonna DJ because yeah, that's like that's you know vying for space at the bottom of rem's entire catalog <laughs> yeah um let's see here then i am going to say until the day is done yeah yeah that that's a that's not a very good song yeah um and i would i would i'll again just not to copy i'll say uh mr richards yeah. but both of those are pretty bad yeah yeah the they're second a, half of this album is yeah you know even the highs on the second half like sing for the submarine which is interesting and good but not phenomenal and horse to water which i think is dumb fun uh don't totally justify the second half of this record yeah um you know it is uh there this is a album with like five great songs yeah. uh you know four to five great songs so it would have made a really good ep yeah um so. and i'm fairly certain this entire album is probably shorter than let's say the front half of around the sun yeah absolutely you know and there's nothing i hate as much like even until the day is done uh does not hurt me right you know the same way that like though that trio of idiots from around the sun does <laughs> you know like it's like this is a bad song but it doesn't like literally hurt my soul yeah, yeah. listen to it you said you, know? you said nothing that hurts you you forgot i'm gonna dj real quick there <laughs> well that doesn't like 
it's so stupid though. Like I almost, <laughs> I, I respect that more than I respect like, I you know, I like something like boy in the well, like that song fucking destroys me with how bad that is. Like <laughs> I'm going to DJ is misguided, but at least it's guided. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like just like what would fall out. Like one of them is taking a shit and one of them is just opening up your asshole and, and seeing what falls out. You know, what a horrifying <laughs> image, Gary. What have you done? I'm always going to respect taking a shit more than I am just like opening yeah. up your asshole and seeing what falls out. You know, it's 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 weird because, you know, uh, I'm amplifying the differences here, but go, go, go with me. Like the last episode, this came out and it also happens here. Like um, the fact that. I can't, I can't stand annoyance and you can't stand boredom. Like mm. it was just uh, that, that, that subtle difference in values, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that ends up making, making sense with, you know, lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, kind of it in, uh, in general like that, you know, follows through to like watch our fireballs and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I am very sensitive to being bored and I'm very sensitive to being annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's, that's accelerate a good album, mm-hmm. uh, that is worth, listening to yeah, it's worth it's, um, it is worth the time it, it asks of you yeah um we're still in the uh the b-side extra track drought there's a little bit more mm-hmm. but there's not tons um but there's a bit more yeah um it's um, hard to find i gather like you're really thorough with this stuff but you weren't able to find like a lot of the fan club stuff right yeah like people stop putting them up on youtube yeah you know which is i mean that that's the only place i really look for them like i search the fan club and find out what the songs are and then look all over youtube and mm-hmm. try different you know spellings and stuff to see if it's but i have not really been able to find them um, the only thing I was able to really uh, find here, so they covered Santa Baby, which I would actually love to hear. Yeah. Because that song is is terrible, and I have, a, like, a weird fascination with it. <laughs> so someday, you know, um, I'll have to find that. Yeah. Um, and there's a uh, a song called Crazy Like a Fox, which I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's uh, on the fan club, so it's probably a surf instrumental. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. I don't say that'd be catty. It's just if we're playing the odds. <laughs> yeah, it's just they, there. There is a, there is a smaller band within REM that only did surf instrumentals, <laughs> and you could put together an entire B side or like a whole set list from just their B sides and like mm. you know, wind out and white tornado and and the like <laughs> airliner, airliner, yeah, yeah, um, which is on this this record, yeah, um, which again just like another fucking surf song, like mm-hmm. okay guys, yep, we yeah. we get it, you like surf, yep. Um, there's something called REM I H T arrow U arrow e d i y t w yeah i don't know what that what that's yeah, about at first i thought it was airport codes but because uh, of the arrow is but yeah yeah, yeah. no idea um yep. they covered a darlene love song um called baby please come come home uh mike mm-hmm. mills singing on this like it's the most confident he sounded singing it's mm-hmm. very soulful and it has these neat strings it's a good song yeah yeah yep, yep. um yeah. And then uh, a song called Munich, which is a cover uh, by the editors. Yeah. Um, I think they had done, is that the people who did that? My favorite writer <sighs> song that was a B-side a couple uh, albums ago. I can't um, That was good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that, that's Magna Pop. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, Magna Pop's great. Um, but yeah, the, um, but it was, uh, they did this, you know, this, this Munich thing. Um, B-sides, as we mentioned, Airliner. Um, then they covered a bunch of Beat Happening. This is great. Um, yeah fucking redhead walking i like yeah. i like rm's version better than the beat happening one yeah I, I like the version of uh that i like the beat happening version of indian summer more yeah uh, which they also covered but like just weird that they're just kind of like yeah we like beat happening it's like yeah. oh, fuck guys like <laughs> yeah where's this, this been is, your whole career this is like, a really good call 
Yeah, beat happening is extremely good. Yeah, uh, um, like everybody, like if you don't pay attention to the B side stuff, like go just do a search for REM Redhead Walking. It's very good. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good song. And everybody listen to. Uh, I think the most accessible beat happening album is You Turn on Me or You Turn mm-hmm. Me On. Yeah, um, that's a actually like very like just a pop album. Yeah, um, as You a, Turn Me On. So like yeah. as opposed to being like their weird kind of experimental sideways drums yeah you know kind of stuff which is all very good like i like beat happening quite a bit mm-hmm. um but the a good entry point is you turn me on i think yeah, yeah. um um what's what the fuck is living well jesus dog i think that's just an early version okay of living well is the best re- revenge um but it shows up on things yeah. like it's a b-side so um it's on here and it's just like an early kind of version uh demo version of living well is the best revenge yeah um, and living well is the best re- revenge all already sounds like a demo. <laughs> so yeah. It's very, it's very hard to, uh, to tell the difference on it. Yeah. Um, I just like that it opens up with, uh, with studio chatter, you know? Yeah. That's fun yeah. to hear. It's a little, little, uh, little peek inside the kimono. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's accelerate. Um, by the time you're hearing this, it is too late to send in your responses for the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're, we're wrapping up next episode. We're going to be talking about claps in and now, and then we have one final episode. Uh, reflecting on the whole thing and talking about uh, your letters and some surprises. Yeah. Um, there. Yeah. Um, so if you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash duckvtv. This show, this limited run series, uh, was funded by that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the only way that we can justify um, spending the time on it. And it's been super fun. And we're you know, just grateful that people helped us reach that goal. Uh, Patreon is a service where you can go and pledge a certain amount of money per month. Um, and that does things like, Hey, I didn't work a full day today. I came mm-hmm. home and I, uh, prepared for REM stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been, it's been very fun. It's been fulfilling. And I, I like these episodes a lot. Yes. Um, you know, maybe this will find its, its audience in the trade paperback, uh, <laughs> to put it in comics terms. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, if you like the show, you can rate and review it on iTunes. You can support us through the, the Patreon, as you mentioned, uh, patreon.com slash duck TV. Um, yeah and that's and you know tell your friends and that's about uh what we got yeah so yeah Uh, until next time it is the end of the podcast as we know it and we feel fine